Do you know how to enjoy God? Are you able to enjoy Him? This is Tuesday, August 29th, and the first question of the shorter catechism of the Westminster Confession of Faith, it's a question and answer tool we use to teach the faith. The first question is, what is the chief end of man? You see, the question is about our core purpose, the reason we are here as human beings. And the answer is, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes, God made us to enjoy him. Now, I know this may sound trite. We enjoy ice cream cones and summer breezes, but enjoy God, really? But what that question is getting at is far deeper. The kind of enjoyment here comes from a real entering into a relationship with God. It is the joy of knowing, the joy of sharing life together. And this is what God made us for. He made us for himself. We see this in the first part of Jesus' prayer. Here's our text for today, John chapter 17, verse 1 to 3. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, as we read about Jesus' prayer time, we notice that he lifted his face toward heaven. Now, for sure, the painful prayer of surrender in the Garden of Gethsemane is going to come, but it's going to be an hour or two later. And so here, Jesus' head is not downcast. He glories in spending time with his Father. And yes, that word glory, well, it's repeated a number of times in the opening part of Jesus' prayer. Now, this prayer has often been called the high priestly prayer of Jesus, and here's why. On the Day of Atonement, the one day when the high priest could appear before the Lord in the Holy of Holies, that was in the, in the temple or the tabernacle, that's where the high priest would make atonement for sin. Well, first the high priest would begin with a prayer, and the prayer always had three parts. First, he would pray for himself. Why so? Well, he's going to come before the holy God, the Lord of all. But second, he would pray for those serving with him in the ministry of the temple, other priests carrying out their duties. And then third, he would pray for all the people. Now, Jesus follows the same pattern that the high priest would pray in this prayer. Why does he do that? Well, he also is soon to appear before the face of the Father to make atonement for sin with his own blood. Of course, he will do this once and for all. Now, those three parts you will also find in this prayer. So first, Jesus prays for himself, then his disciples, and then all of those that belong to him. That includes you and me as well. Now, notice in this first part where Jesus is praying for himself, His identity is wrapped up in the Father. Yes, he cannot pray for himself without seeing the Father in the midst of all he is and all he has done. 
there's this union of father and son that comes through in this part of the prayer. And again, this is a very Middle Eastern way of seeing the father and son relationship. In their world, the actions of the son are attributed to the father. What the son does reflects on who the father is, his character, you would say. This is why the prodigal son's desire to get his father's inheritance and take off on his own is such an immense scandal. The actions of this son will damage the reputation of the father. The two are always tied together. And so for Jesus to gain glory in his faithful life and ministry also means glory for his father. Now today we don't make this kind of association of child to parent in our where we live, but this was part and parcel of the world of Jesus, and it explains a lot of the opening part of Jesus' prayer. This is why, he says, if the Father glorifies the Son, the Father himself will be glorified by the actions of the Son. In many ways, this is also true for those of us who are in Christ. If our lives bring scandal, then the scandal falls upon Jesus as well, since we are his. And people around us will make this connection by association. But Jesus is here revealing so much more. He's showing us such love for the Father. Even the work the Father has given to Jesus, Jesus turns around and uses for the glory of the Father. We see such a beautiful sharing of love. The Father grants authority, and Jesus uses that authority to make the Father known. Now, for we human beings, Jesus says this is eternal life. It is entering into this real and relational knowledge of the Father through faith in Jesus. So that is why Jesus repeats that word glory. Now, we might ask, well, what is glory? In his most basic sense, it is weight or value or significance, or you might even say splendor. The glory of God is the external expression or manifestation of his being, his invisible attributes and perfections. This is the weight of the glory of God, his perfection, his beauty, his holiness, his goodness. And so Jesus used his authority, the authority the Father gave him, and he turned it around to show the glory of the Father to the world. And this is also what we do when we glorify God. We put God, who he is, again, his beauty and holiness and perfection and goodness, out there for the world to see. People can see our good works, as Jesus said, and then they glorify the Father in heaven. They see the glory of God. Here is that beautiful relationship between the Father and the Son. You see, neither the Father nor the Son need anything, yet they are forever glorifying each other, showing forth the glory of each other. Years ago, I met one of the most positive men I've ever encountered. He was always praising someone, never drawing attention to himself. But instead, he was praising his wife. He spoke of her in glowing terms, and his children, he was always honoring them with whatever he said. You could tell he was so proud of them, amazed at what they achieved and the people they had become. 
Here was a glimpse of that glorifying that God shares continually in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The persons of the Trinity do this not because somehow God needs affirmation, but because this is the nature of love, always praising and always giving glory. Do you know that now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he's also speaking of you? pointing you out to his father because this is what your loving brother the Lord Jesus does. He does this because now in him, you too have been invited into the eternal circle of love, of giving glory. It's all because he loves you. Let's pray. Father, we know what we do, how we live reflects on you. Thank you for your love that is with the prodigal even when we're at our worst, you run to us. You throw a feast to honor us. You put the best robe on us. Help us to understand the standing we have with you through Jesus and also to live to your glory. For in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. <laughs>